missed a couple of times that uh, Bradley has spoke on Sunday night. He has uh, touched on the uh, the circumstances that we just uh, find our ourselves in in our country in these days, and I've I've been in agreement with him. How should Christians handle this? Uh, I actually amended him a couple of times last Sunday night. I, I I am in agreement with Bradley on his take on those things, but I thought maybe uh, maybe it, it's my turn to uh, to give my take on some of the. Uh, the circumstances, the situation, the, the things we're seeing uh, on the news. I'm reminded of what John Adams wrote way back in 1798. Adams wrote that our Constitution was written for a morally, a moral and religious people and was inadequate to govern any other. I probably read the newspapers too much. And I feel like I want to keep up with what's going on in the country and in the world, and it's an old habit. It goes all the way back to, to maybe sixth grade. I had a sixth grade teacher, Miss Cagle, who had all of us students order a weekly newspaper at that time. It was called Current Events, and we would spend a, a couple of hours each week discussing that very thing, current events. Now, sixth grade, we're talking about 1966, 1967, uh, along in, uh, in that era. That's, that's, where, I, that's where I was uh, at that time. But there was a lot going on in those days. Uh, the Vietnam War, of course, was still going on. The space program was in full swing then. We hadn't made it to the moon yet, uh, even at that time. And really, I think back on it now, I realize that being a young man, th there was a, a social revolution <laughs> going on at, at, at that time. People were challenging the status quo, uh, uh, maybe similar to what uh, we are seeing today. And it, it just made me a, a, a newspaper reader. My dad always had the paper delivered to our house, and, and I, I would, would read the Chattanooga, Chattanooga News Free Press uh, in those days. That was the evening paper. When I got to high school, the library always had the Chattanooga Times. That was the morning paper in those days. I'd always try to slip in there for a few minutes and read the Times, and then when I got home, I read the Free Press. I, I, I'm just a, it's an old habit. And even unto this day, I've, I've threatened to cancel at least, ha at least a dozen times. And every time I talk myself out of it, I, I just need to read that newspaper every day. But I feel like, as of late, I have been overwhelmed with news reports that just, just make me feel bad. Uh, it seems like everything is... Everything is so negative. It, it, just, uh, it just seems like it's, uh, it, it upsets me. And I don't believe that it's all 100% true. I, by that I mean I don't think we get the whole story uh, all the time. I, I think uh, a lot of our news reporters today give you their take on things and their views and their opinions 
instead of giving you all the facts. We're, we're not getting the whole story every time. And I'm sorry to say, I do not say with, with glee that I don't believe we can completely trust the American media anymore. And that, that's not a good thing. That upsets me. But we should be able to trust those news reports, but I don't believe we get all the facts, and I don't believe we get, all, get the whole story sometimes. In fact, I believe we are misled sometimes. Many times I believe that we are. And it seems like we are getting, it's getting more and more outrageous all the time. And I think I'm, I'm practicing my old habit, which I could quit. I mean, just, just don't read the paper. I, I can't, I got to read that paper. And I think, what can I do about this? I am disappointed. This is coming from a, a patriotic American. I am disappointed with many of our leaders in Washington. I'm not going to throw them all in the same bag and say they're all the same. I don't believe they are. But it seems like some of them are more interested in a power struggle than they are in the country. And that, that's not what we elect them for. We elect them to help our country. I, I don't think some of them are, are even interested in that. It's, it's a power struggle. Yesterday... It was over in the Chattanooga area, and it was kind of getting late in the evening, and I was hungry. And I was on the way home, and I needed to stop at the, at the gas station there on 153 and get some gas anyway. And so I thought, well, there's a Chick-fil-A. I'm going to run by the window and grab me a sandwich I can eat while I drive. And, well, I pulled over there, and they don't have their, their uh, they're not open yet to go in and eat. And it's all drive through and so, as you might expect, there was a, a big line. And I almost talked myself out of stopping, but I was hungry. So I got in line, and you know, they had people out there directing traffic. I mean, literally directing traffic. And on one side, you, you made your order, you went around the corner, you paid, and you went around the corner, and they had somebody by the time you got around there. There was somebody with a, this, this guy with a little pail bringing it to you. And you reach in there and you get it yourself. Five minutes or less after I got in line, I was eating my sandwich. And as I was driving away, I couldn't help but think, Glenn, we need Chick-fil-A in Washington. Uh, they were so organized and, and doing things the right way. I, I, I'm sorry to say I don't believe all of our leaders today are doing that. I'm not choosing up sides here. I'm just saying that it, it disappoints me greatly that that is the case. And you seem powerless uh, to change it, but I believe as Christians that we must continue to pray about this. We must continue to, to, to pray for our country and for our world and for our leaders that they will see the need to turn our nation back to God. I believe that that's what we need in our country more than anything is to turn back to God. At one time, we were a God-fearing nation. I truly believe 
that the reason we were able to become a, a world power, to win two world wars, to become an a, a economic and military power in, in this world is because God helped us. I believe that. I truly do. And it, it pains me to see us turning away. I firmly believe that what we need more than anything to fix us is to get back with God. I do not necessarily believe that evil is stronger than it ever has been before. I just think it's got a bigger stage. Think about it now. Think about it. I, a few years ago, you had three choices. You could watch ABC, NBC, or CBS. Now, how, how, many, how many news programs are there that you can watch on TV? If, you, if you've got a satellite, you've got cable, how many different ones could you watch with all kinds of different points of view and taking different sides? How many would there be? And then you throw social media in there. There's just a bigger stage for people now. And they, they have become bolder. And, and the more outrageous it is, the more newsworthy it is. In our day, with the modern media, somebody you never heard of just a couple days ago, they're a household name. Everybody knows who they are. And, and it could be in many times, many times the message that they are shouting out loud is not true. Or at least it's just their point of view and they, they are so biased in their view, they, they just can't tell you the whole truth. You would, think, you would think that with so many people trying to explain the different political and social issues that we have in our country today, you would think we would be the most enlightened generation in the history of the world. But I'm afraid we're the most confused. We are confused. One reason for that is a lot of the people doing the talking don't know what they're talking about. Or they are so biased they just can't, they just can't see the reality of the situation. You can say what you want, and I hope I'm not um, angering anybody with this, but please, please file this away in your memory bank. Everything that you see on social media, you cannot take at face value. Please, please understand that. Everything that you see, you cannot take as it appears to be. And the church is getting caught up in it. More and more folks in the Lord's church are, are saying, hey, this world is changing around us. We've got to change with it. More and more you hear Christians saying, young people will never go to what they call a traditional congregation. They will never go. And what they mean by traditional is one that just sticks to the New Testament. We look in the Bible and we see what they were doing in the first century, and we do that and no more. No more and, and no less. We, we won't go, on, go beyond that. that that's, their, that's their view of a traditional church. T.A. calls that a, 
a scriptural congregation. They, they call it traditional. Traditional as opposed to contemporary. Contemporary sounds good. When it rolls off your tongue, it, it sounds good. Progressive, moving forward. Modern. Many times the contemporary congregations are willing to push those boundaries. They go beyond what we're seeing there in, in the New Testament and, and doing, a, doing a little more, and in some cases a little less, uh, uh, the, the, the music. Let's, uh, let's have the, the contemporary uh, Christian artists. Let's play some of their music. Hey, those guys and those gals are popular. They sell a lot of CDs, and they do. They do. The young people will like that. Instead of just having the preacher up there talking for 30 or 40 minutes, let's have a drama up here on the podium with the lights and, and the music. It's very entertaining. The, the young folks will, will like that kind of thing. And many, many congregations have joined the crowd and gone that way. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, it is a misguided attempt to try to get people in the building. Not all changes are bad. We change buildings. A few years ago, we didn't have a website. We didn't have a web anything. Just a few years ago. We, we never thought of live streaming until just this year. Uh, uh, pretty soon, uh, next Sunday, we're going to be on YouTube. Just a few years ago, I'd never heard of YouTube. And so all, all, changes, all changes are not bad. I, I'm not against all change. Some is good. But when we try to change our doctrine and, and the way that we worship, we err greatly. When we do that, just trying to attract people and get people inside the building and entertain them. When that is our motivation, we err greatly when we do that. Romans 12 and verse 2, Paul said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And Paul told Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, to preach the word and to be instant in season and out of season and to reprove and, and rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine because he says the time is going to come, Timothy, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will turn away their ear from the truth and be turned unto fables. Paul wrote that a couple thousand years ago and and he hit the nail right on the head. That is exactly what is happening. The apostles preached the word but in many places in the Lord's church today they're not really interested uh, in that. They, they want everything watered down and, and sugar coated so that it won't uh, Offend anybody. Man, you've you got to be politically correct today. You, you, can't, you can't offend anybody, and it's so easy to do. 
Glenn, I could go out in public and somebody might look at my tie and be offended by it. It's, it's so easy. It's so easy to do today. And, and, and folks, even in the church, are thinking about that. And don't get me wrong. I try hard. I try to be politically correct and to not be offensive and to not rub anybody the wrong way. I really do try to do that. I try. It is a conscious effort not to do that. But I don't believe that we can preach the whole gospel and always be PC. I don't believe that we can. And, and let me say this. This is a hard statement. I know it is. But I believe it's true. A church completely full. The pews are packed. Man, they got a big crowd there. That's a great thing. If that church has never had the whole gospel preached to it, they have never been convicted of their sins and repented of those sins because the preacher tells them every Sunday how good they are. They've never been convicted of sin. They've never truly repented. They've never sought forgiveness according to the New Testament pattern. They've, they've never truly done that. Folks, that's a congregation that's headed for the pits of hell. People like me are supposed to prevent that from happening if we can. But preachers today are afraid to preach the whole truth. Their congregations have got itching ears and they know it. They tell the whole truth, they'll be out of a job. Let me ask you this evening. Bradley, it's my turn to rant tonight. It's my turn. Bradley, give me the thumbs up. Do, do you want to hear the whole gospel preached? Do you, do you want to hear the whole gospel? And question number two is this. Here at the Bethel congregation, in the midst of everything that we are seeing, such as it is, do we have the courage? Are we brave enough to continue to preach and teach and practice the New Testament no more and no less. We will not veer to the right nor to the left. We will stick to the New Testament pattern and that's it. Are, are we brave enough here to do that? I hope you're sitting there thinking, remember that old country expression, hey, I ain't scared. Well, I hope you're not. And I hope that's what we will do. In Jeremiah's day, Judah was turning away from God. They, they were being pressed hard by the Babylonians. And Jeremiah was, was trying to, to tell them the solution to this is to turn back to God. And they weren't too interested in that. And this is what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 6 and verse 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see... Ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. And then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. The people in Jeremiah's day were not inter interested in doing things God's way. As a matter of fact, there were some folks who went to the king and said, hey, kill the prophet. 
We don't like what he's saying. Well, the king wouldn't let him kill Jeremiah. He said, well, chunk him in prison. And the Bible tells us they took Jeremiah to the deepest, darkest part of the prison and chunked him over in the dungeon. It says even he sunk up in the mud down in the bottom of that prison. They, they didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. God's paths are old. His plan for the human race is old. In fact, Paul told Titus in Titus chapter 1 that it goes back, Paul says, before time. It's old. Yeah, it is. Sure is. But it's the only way to spend eternity in heaven. The world may be in a mess. It is. Let us be seeking the old paths. Let us be praying that others will also find that way. And let us, let us be praying that God will help us as we try to, to navigate our way through this world with every, everything that's happening. We're threatened on all sides. Let us pray for God's guidance and help. And that is my rant for this evening. If you are not a Christian, this is not a rant. Let me just tell you the plan of salvation. If you're not a Christian, you can become one by obeying the gospel. That means repentance of sins, real repentance. That means confessing the name of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That means immersion in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. We'll, we'll help you do that this very night if you've made that decision. Perhaps you have been a Christian at some time. Maybe you've just got caught up in all of this and, and just not as faithful as you, as you were at one time. That It could very easily happen to any of us. That is the case with you. Respond to the invitation. Ask for the prayers of the faithful. Be restored while we stand and sing.